Okay, so it is um, 5.30 in the morning on September 18th, and this is the most important recording I've made in my entire life. I have cried so much over the last two days, actually over the last 12 hours. My God and my King, my God and my King. Oh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? This is going to be my best attempt at capturing in the moment what has occurred in the last, probably the last 12 hours. No, it's been more than 12. Yeah, it's been the last 14 hours maybe. I'm having such a hard time even getting started because I feel so unworthy to be able to even tell this story. I just, I still... I'm just in awe of what my God has done for me. My God and my King, I have experienced a miracle, a miracle of God. I have now seen God do the impossible. I have now seen God give me faith like potatoes, just like in that movie where he says your faith has to be like potatoes, something you can hold in your hand and touch and feel, something that has weight to it. And now my faith has weight, much weight. It started yesterday morning. I was doing the dishes and my mom says, Michael, I have a confession to make to you. And I said, what mom? She said, I read your divorce paperwork. I snuck in your room, or I went in your room to put some clothes on your bed, and I saw it sitting out there, and I couldn't resist. I, I just picked it up, and I began to read it and skim it real quick before you came in and saw me. She said, I figured you wouldn't be that upset. And as my mom said this to me, I, I just began to smile because I recognized that that is exactly what my mom would have had to have done. And um, I was disappointed, but I just, God gave me the grace to just go through it. And a few minutes later, she said, well, now that you know, she said, I skimmed it. She goes, I want to read it through slowly, and I'm going to go get it right now and read it through. And I said, okay. She came back out into the living room. She sat down, and my stepdad and I just kind of both looked at, our, looked at each other and kind of, you know, rolled our eyes a little bit, knowing that's mom. You know, she's got to satisfy that fear that she has. We had all just been standing around the table the day before with some friends of hers, <clears throat> and uh, my stepdads that had come over, Jerry and Doris. My mom said, don't you want to tell them about the, you know, getting your, the, the good news, getting your divorce? And I said, yeah. I said, well, guys, let me tell you, I'm going to have to tell you the supernatural part of it. You won't believe this, but, you know, and then I explained to them how it occurred in 777 days, and I told them the significance of 777, how God shows me numbers. And then I showed them how Amazingly, the divorce had ended on the 777th day that it began. And this was a sign of God's promise of season of completion that God had told me the whole time that this was going to happen. And, um, you know, they kind of were like, wow, that's cool. But, you know, they, they didn't get it. They don't get it like I do. They're, they don't have a level of faith um, that's the same category as the kind of faith that I'm, I'm walking in. And so after I left the room, my mom admitted that 
Jerry, the husband, said, you know, I, I get the whole God thing, but, you know, God also gave you a brain. You have to use a brain. And so Jerry is one of all, uh, several of her other friends that have said, you know, you can't think like this. This is stupid. You got to get an attorney. What's Mike thinking? You know, this is just being naive. And um, I stood around that table. It was around the, 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 the island in the kitchen, and I just declared in boldness. I said, guys, I just want to prophesy to you right now. I know it seems foolish. I know everybody doubts the numbers thing. I know I seem like an idiot. But you just have to understand that my God has told me he will deliver me. And I'm prophesying to you right now that my God will deliver me. He's told me in advance that he will deliver me. What you're seeing with the 777, let it be that you don't doubt in your faith, but let it be that you see that this is not a coincidence. This is my God giving evidence of his faithfulness, of his protection, of his deliverance. I said, and you guys just stand and watch and see. You trust me. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be. God hasn't told me that. But I can only tell you that my God will deliver me. He has promised me he will deliver me. You guys stand around and you say, I'm a fool because I haven't hired an attorney. I get it. I understand. It looks foolish. But you just need to know, if you cannot trust God, you trust me and I will trust God. I uh, went back to my mom and so having... My mom at that point, she said, you know, well, there's, there's still all these things outstanding, you know, that it's completely unjust. And so all of the things that the original judge said didn't make it into the final decree. And so Michael still is in real trouble. I mean, he's got, you know, we, we've joked and said that, you know, he may have a jailhouse ministry. And, you know, hey, if he goes, we'll go visit him. And I even jokingly said, Jerry and Doris that time, I said, you guys need to come visit me. Just promise me you'll come visit me if I end up in jail. And I said, but I'm okay if I end up going. And I, we laughed and cut up and all that stuff. But it was just them putting a final note on it that, you know, hey, the 777 may be a cool thing and being divorced may be cool, but there's still some bad news hanging out there that the, the final decree has all these things in it that they were able to pervert justice and get put in the agreement that were not supposed to be in there, things that are really damaging to me. So back to yesterday morning, my mom is reading the divorce thing. And, and I said to her, I said, Mom, she said, well, do you know what it says here? And I said, Mom, it's okay if you read the divorce. I just need you to keep it to yourself. You need to keep your, and her, my stepdad piped in and says, yeah, keep it to yourself, Cindy. We, we did not want my mom, and I in particular didn't want to have to rehash and roll through all the mud. If my mom wanted to roll through the mud, that's fine. But I, I'm already aware of all the bad news it says in the de decree. And because I have seen the final judgment 10 times, you know, the proposed one, and only difference between those and this one is this one was stamped by the judge, meaning it was final. And I said, I don't need to look at it. I'm going to court on the 24th. I know that my God is going to do something to deliver me. I don't need to roll around in the mud. I don't need to look at the accusations. I don't need to look at the problems. I'm going to focus on God. He has told me he's going to deliver me, Mom. So if you don't mind, you can read that, but just keep it to yourself. That morning I left. I was disappointed. I got in the shower and I began asking God to give me forgiveness for my mother. And I felt graceful towards her. And I said, Father, forgive her for she knows not what she does. I realized the dishonesty of that, of her, you know, getting in my paperwork. And I was just really disappointed. Not that she was reading the divorce thing, but just disappointed because I had kept all of this information from her. I had never shared with her all the bad news that was in the divorce, all of the, the bad, bad stuff. I mean, I just told her there's several things in there that they're accusing me of, but I never told her about all of the things, the imputation of income, I think I told her about, but 
I didn't tell her about all the things that were in the parenting agreement that were just horrible. And that I was, quote, now in violation of, which was why I was having a hearing on the 24th. They were wanting to hold me in violation of the agreement already before we were even actually divorced. And so that morning I left after having got in the shower and prayed. I got in the car and I, I drove to Starbucks and I journaled that I was disappointed and that I didn't want to focus on all the bad stuff. I wanted to follow Paul's instruction. Whatever is noble, whatever is worthy, whatever is excellent, whatever is beautiful, whatever is praiseworthy, focus on these things. And it was Paul saying, don't focus on the dirt and the mud and the ugliness. Focus on the beautiful. Focus on the blessings. So I made that recording and I get to Starbucks and I'm there for about two hours and I'm writing, I'm working on my ministry and um, I recognized that uh, in the entry I said you know this is just the devil trying to mess with me trying to get me to focus on the disaster um, you know of what's what could happen and my mom having done what she did got me focused on it and so the next thing I knew I had spent 30 minutes being in court I heard myself in court speaking in court saying things preparing for it and finally I just said stop and I said I am not gonna sit here and do this enemy I am not going to allow you to use my mother's fear to thwart me off of my path of faith. My God has told me he will deliver me. I am not going to sit and listen to your lies. You are a liar. You've always been a liar. And I'm not going to sit and listen to you cause doubt. My God has told me he will deliver me. I don't know how or when, but I will rest in the fact that he will deliver me. And so I could. I just confessed in the journal entry that I knew that the devil was trying to, to get me to doubt and um, get me off course, but I didn't. I held faith. I held held into my faith, and I, I by God's grace, I just I, I told him to be quiet, and I silenced him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, because every time I do, he shuts up. And um, about two hours into my work, I get an email, and it says, "Court notice." And it says, the hearing has been canceled. And I was like, what? And immediately I became almost irritated in my spirit because I felt like, wow, I, you know, what are they doing now? What kind of joke are they playing now? And I, I was disappointed because I thought, great. Now everything that's in the divorce is going to stick. I'm not going to have an opportunity to present the truth in court. My mom was right. I actually was looking forward to going to court because I knew that I would have an opportunity in defense of myself to simply speak the truth. To just not try to defend myself, but just to replace the accusation with the truth. All 15 or 20 different accusations. And so... Now I'm like, well, God, what, what's going on here? Now I'm not even going to have an opportunity to stand and present the truth. And I just began to think, oh, the devil's up to something. He's up to something. He's, he's, they realize now that if I get in front of court, now that they've got a divorce decree, they realize that they're going to be defeated, that I maybe am going to have a chance. And I began to think all the way home. I began to think, man, these, these are just coming clear to me. I didn't even remember this yesterday. On the way home, 
I'm just, I can't work anymore, so I'm going home, and on the way home, I'm driving, and I'm just deep, deep in thought. I'm like, Lord, how come I didn't see a 666? How, how come you didn't warn me? This is huge, Lord. This is a big deal. I mean, this affects me going to Florida. This affects me, you know, now I'm going to have this divorce that's finalized that has all this bad stuff in it. Now I'm stuck with it. And I said, Lord, I know that you can do something beyond this. I'm not doubting what you said you were going to do for me. But God, what do I need to do? What is my part in this? You know, do I need to call them and ask them why they've canceled the court hearing? And I just began to think about how the devil was scheming. About 30 seconds later, I pull up to a stoplight. And the car in front of me has 555 on the license plate. And that's the number of deliverance. That's the number God shows me. That's the number I saw five times on the morning of court in front of witnesses as I screamed from the top of my lungs, my God will deliver me. That means deliverance. And so I saw the number, but since I only saw it one time, I was like, okay, Lord, are you telling me that, that you're the one that canceled the court hearing? And I just, the car pulled away and I began to think and I still was having those moments of doubt and I just was like, you know, thinking about it and meditating it more and realizing it and, and I, I just began to ask the Lord again. I'm like, God, why didn't you show me 666? And I pull up, this hadn't been 45 seconds later, I pull up to Meadowbrook, a street to turn to my parents' house and I'm getting ready to turn left and as I'm pulling up, there's a car in the stop sign, stoplight, and I look. And their license plate says 555. Two separate vehicles. I took pictures of both of them. Praise Lord. And in that moment, I knew God was telling me, my son, this is my deliverance. And I began to realize, wow, God canceled the hearing. God, this is, this is a result of the Lord. This is not a result of the devil and their continued scheming at that law firm. And I get home. I walked in. I said, guys, you won't believe this. I said, the court hearing has been canceled. I said, you want to hear something crazy? And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. And I said, I got this email. The court hearing's been canceled. And my mom didn't look surprised. She said, well, I thought you were looking forward to going to court. And I said, well, no, I wasn't looking forward to going to court. I said, but mom, I saw 555. God told me he's delivered me. I saw it twice, so I know this is of God. She said, well, I thought you wanted to go to court. And I said, well, I said, I, I didn't want to go to court. I wasn't looking forward to going to court. I said, but, and then I realized that I was because I wanted to speak the truth. And I realized I didn't want to get stuck with the things that were in that paper. But I'd kind of forgotten about that because after seeing the second 555, I knew God was telling me this was his deliverance. So a little while later, we're having a conversation and my mom mentions some things about you know that are in the decree in the, the courtman I said well I said you know what I said no matter what they put in there their ability to collect on that is different maybe it's that you know God knows they won't be able to get all that money out of me or maybe it's that you know I don't know all I know is maybe they've run out of money and they they won't be able to you know fight for it anymore and, and God just let them run out of money I have no idea I have no idea. All I can tell you is that God is telling me He's delivered me. I don't know what the paperwork, you know, saying means. I don't know what that means. And my mom made a comment, and I said, 
you know, she made a comment about, I made a comment about, you know, the, the insurance requirements are still in there, the this are still in there. And she goes, no, that's, that's not in there. I, I, I didn't see that. And I said, oh, no. I said, Mom, it's in there. You didn't read the documents, right? I, I mean, I've read these documents multiple times. I don't even need to read the documents. She goes, no, Michael, I'm telling you, that's what you just said is not in there. And she said the other thing is that she, she made mention that it even says in there that he has to help, come pick up the kids now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, Mom, you're wrong. You didn't read the documents right. She goes, Michael, I'm telling you, you need to go read them. And so I went and got my divorce papers. They've been sitting on my desk for three days. I haven't read them. I went and got my divorce papers, and I sat down with my stepdad sitting across the room from me with the television on. I read through the final judgment, and I was anxious to get to the parenting agreement. And as I got to the five-page parenting agreement, I began to read, and each page was filled with more and more disbelief. As I said, well, I just couldn't believe it. This wasn't in there. That wasn't in there. This wasn't in there. And I'm reading. I'm like, it's got to be in here. And I get to page five of five. And I just absolutely wept. I was holding in my hands a miracle of God. Every single thing that they had put in that agreement. Every single lie. Every single matter of injustice was all gone. I was holding in my hands a miracle of God. My God had in fact delivered me and now it was becoming all clear. The reason the cancellation for the hearing occurred is because my God performed a miracle and the documents that the judge finally signed had all of the things that I didn't even get a chance to profess to the court were removed and I went into my room and I laid face on the ground and I cried and I cried and I cried and I yelled and I just wailed and I wailed and my mom came in the room about 15 minutes into it she heard me crying because she was doing her hair and she got down on her knees over top of me and just began to massage my back while I cried and yelled mom it's a miracle it's a miracle He gave me a second chance. I just began to yell. He gave me a second chance. He delivered me. My God delivered me. And I'm just yelling and she just began to cry and she said, I'm so happy for you, Michael. I'm so happy for you. And I just can't believe how I felt. They had to go somewhere, so I, I knew I was just emotionally cooked. I spent the next hour walking around the house praising God just on the crying in and out of tears. I got in the hot tub. I just uh, listened to some music and cried and thanked God over and over. And while I was sitting there, I just remember all of the memories. 777 days worth of horrible nightmares being attacked by the enemy. All of the the crying, the devastation, the accusations, the pain. It all just began to come back to me and I began to think of all the things God did to tell me He was going to deliver me. All the things God did to say, I'm with you, son. This is 
a tool in my hands to shape your character, but I will deliver you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And I will do this in a way that is very unique, that will bring me much glory. This will not be because you had a better attorney. And I remember all the things. I remember the dream in the rainforest. I remember the black man at the end of this, the back room of my seminar who came up to me at the end of my speech and said, I need to talk to you. And it ended up being Antonio Phillips and the words that God would speak to me through him, that he would confirm the next morning that my God would defend me, that vengeance belonged to him and that I need not defend myself. I began to remember all the times my parents thought I was a fool and thought there was something psychologically wrong with me because I trusted God. All the times I felt so alone because nobody understood that God had spoken to me. All the times walking on that mountain with tears streaming down my face, crying out to God, Deliver me, Lord, please deliver me. The torment of the persecution, the accusations, and the non-stop slander for two years. My God, deliver me from all of it. From all of it. The 777 days to the date of divorce, to the date that I receive. Seeing 777 17 times in one day after returning back to Alabama in February, after days of just days of coming off the, the divorce trial in miraculous ways where I almost had an accident because I saw it so many times. God showing me, I am with you, I will deliver you, I promise you I will. The season is almost complete. Hang in there. <sighs> Seeing all the numbers, all the instructions God's given me along the way. You know, I mean, being on my knees at Larry and Trisha's house, knowing that I accidentally get an email that's got the judge's email address in it because the attorney has made a mistake and she sent an email out that she sent and copied the judge himself thinking she was copying his assistant. And that night, realizing, is this an opportunity? Has God just placed a, 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 a boat of salvation in front of me? I get on my knees and I'm confused and I say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And uh, while I'm praying on my knees in Larry's house, I'm saying, God, I'm desperate for a word from you. You have to speak to me. I need you to speak to me and give me direction on what I'm to do in this situation. And this actually occurs after I've already decided to send an email. I had copied them. I replied to them um, saying, so that a great injustice does not occur, how do we get a final judgment that accurately reflects the words of the judge? And this was just me replying also to his attorney, to both judges' assistants and the judge. And that morning, the, the morning before I'm praying at night, we get a reply back from the judge, and I'm hopeful, but the reply comes back, Dear Abigail and Michael, please do not send any correspondence directly to my email address 
Please send anything in all matters in this case to my assistant. Thank you in advance for your cooperation. No signature, no nothing. And I was just like devastated. I was like, oh, you know, he didn't even read it. He just replied, don't send anything to us. So that night I'm on my knees and I'm praying. I'm like, God, I've done, I don't know what you needed to, you've told me to persistently ask for justice. You, you showed me Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow. I've been asking you for justice every day, but God, do you mean now that I'm supposed to pester the judge even after he's told me not to? I need to hear from you so clearly, Lord, and I'm on my knees begging God to give me a word. And while I'm on my knees, I hear 1 Peter 5.12. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. And as soon as I read those words, I knew God was telling me that this is His grace. He wanted me to stand. So the next morning I shared this scripture with Larry and Trish and they both said, yes, Michael, this is a word from God. You need to stand fast in this, this grace. God is doing something. He's at work. So we all stood around and prayed what to do. Should I send another email to the, to the judge or not? And we decided that no, that was not the right thing to do. That that would be violating and disrespecting the judge's orders. We should follow his orders, which was to send, an inform send information to his assistant. So we sent, I sent one email off pleading to his assistant. I said, you know, dear Marcy, I'm a, a father of five children. I'm defending myself not because I desire to be difficult burden to the court, but because I have no finances to do so. And I said, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not asking for another hearing. I'm not asking for any additional considerations. I'm only asking that your boss's words be upheld and respected because as of now, they are being violated. They are being disrespectful and they are being virtually ignored. Please help me. Is there anything you can do to please help me? And I left it at that. And we all prayed. And we prayed that Larry or Trish felt led to pray that none of them would be able to sleep, that the judge nor his assistant would be able to sleep until they did the right thing. And we rested in it and we walked away from that moment. Well, several hours later, maybe it was a day later, I'm not sure, I get an email from her back saying, Dear Mr. Criswell, and I'm so excited to see it, but I, I get devastated when I see it. It says, Dear Mr. Criswell, please stop sending this kind of correspondence. This is highly inappropriate. If you need help, you need to hire an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, there are resources available. You can do the, re the legal research yourself. Please discontinue sending me anything like this in the future. And my heart just sank. Now I had been denied justice, not once, not twice, but three times. I was denied justice in front of court in the, the hearing with Judge Kest. She threw out my motion um, my, because of the fact that I did not order the entire transcript of the thing, and I only provided the transcript to the judge's recommendations. It would have been $2,000, and I didn't have the money to do that. I didn't know that I even needed to do that. So my motion for justice was thrown out. 
Then my request to the judge was thrown out with a reply of don't send me emails like this. Then my request to the judge's assistant was done and thrown out. And that night when I got her email, I, I had more faith. My faith was emboldened and I said, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that my God is going to deliver me. He's just going to do it in a spectacular way. So I've been believing and trusting in this past week. I have had more darkness and I've had doubt creeping in about things and I've had to fight against it. It now makes all perfect sense to me. I was near the finish line and the enemy was working overtime to try and get me to doubt God's faithfulness. And I, I did a, a long prayer on the mountain praising God this past week where I just re-entered into faith, re-declaring my faith and setting aside all of my doubts. I am sitting there thinking about this and I'm in the hot tub and I'm like, you know, we should have a, we should, I see ourselves going to, to, to Rosie's tonight to celebrate. About 30 minutes later, my mom calls and says, hey, you, if you want to celebrate, let's go out tonight. And I said, I know. And she, she said, we're going to Rosie's. I said, I know. She goes, you knew? And I said, yeah, I knew we were going to go to Rosie's to celebrate tonight. We go to Rosie's and get out of the car and my stepdad is you know, kind of subdued about the whole thing, um, always is. My mom is, is starting to really go, wow, I am, she, my mom is starting to be in shock as she sees this. She's called two or three of her friends already and told them what has happened. And I said, this is truly miraculous, guys, what we're experiencing. And my stepdad says, oh, this is beyond miraculous. And I just felt so edified because he was edifying that he now knows that God has been doing something amazing in my life. He's the one that used to say to me, good morning, Job, when I would get up when I first got here and walked in in the morning. And um, the neatest thing occurs, I knew when I received the paperwork and that it was stamped by the judge on September 11th. I knew as soon as I saw September 11th, God told me in my spirit there's something significant about this date and I just didn't know what it was. And this was before I recognized and had done the math that it was 777 days from July 30th, 2010, when my wife signed the divorce paperwork and filed the divorce to September 15th, 2012, the day it would arrive in my mailbox, 777 days from filing to receipt. But I knew before I even realized that number that there was something significant about September 11th being the day. I sat there and realized that's the 11th year, the 11th anniversary of September 11th. That is 1111. That is the number that God has shown me multiple times. It is the one thing of all the numbers that I, I do have the least clarity on, meaning of all the other numbers I've known for a fact what they meant, and I've known it. But 1111, obviously, because of the circumstances, I have had one, I've wondered, Lord, you know, are you, because it's not a Bible verse, you know, are you telling me this specifically? So I've, I've known that. So amazingly, God's been showing me that for days now. In fact, yesterday I saw 11.11 while I was reaching for my phone to see what time it was. I looked and it was 11.11. So as I sat and realized that I got divorced on the 11th anniversary of September 11th, I realized there was 11.11. But I set that aside and I didn't think any more about that for a couple of days. Last night after we come home from dinner and everything is settled, 
we watch a movie called The Story of Peter, which was just an amazing story. And we see that Peter is sitting in jail and the devil comes to him to try to cause him doubt. And I see the devil doing the same thing to him that he did to me right before Peter gets his victory, which is being crucified and being risen to life in Jesus Christ. He's trying to get him to doubt and he's coming saying, you're cursed. He has forsaken you. He's left you. He's not going to save you. And uh, we go to bed. I get on my knees before the Lord behind closed doors and I feel led to open up Psalm 91 and read the scripture because he loves me the Lord says and I begin to read Psalm 91 and all of a sudden God says this is why you got divorced on 9-11 this 9 September 11th is 9-1-1 that is Psalm 91-1 this is the Psalm that every single time the dark clouds would roll in, every single time that I would become fixated upon uh, the more accusations or there would be more court garbage come, I would call Larry and Larry would always say to me, Michael, go to Psalm 91.1. And he would have me read, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your right side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 
you